So on the Satanism thing that happened in Memphis, Tennessee, I remembered it was it was Madison and Avalon across from a Piggly Wiggly uh, heading southbound, southbound Madison or south down southbound Avalon crossing over Madison Avenue in Memphis, Tennessee. You cross over Madison Avenue and keep straight just for about a block or so. And then you you are at the crossroads. You are at the crossroads where they took me to sign the satanic contract with the clay, I'm assuming, goat head in the window. Uh, it was a giant ram's head was in the window. I don't know if it was. It was a statue. But I don't know what it was made out of. I have no clue. The place looked like it was closed down. It was called Rare Finds. And it was across from, there was actually a little small apartment complex there nearby it. And I never saw anybody out there, but I'm sure there's people that live there. But uh, So I tell, pretty much said a lot of it, but uh, um, when I did that and suddenly things started happening, like um, my manager, um, I, I had, I was still, I think I was still like 20. I had just. I was still kind of innocent in a way because I had just gotten, uh, just made out for the first time at 19. Uh, um, I was 20 by the time I'd done this and I, I didn't have a girlfriend at the time. Or no, I did have a girlfriend at the time, but I was cheating on her with the manager at my pizza hut, the pizza hut I worked at. Uh, we would close down and uh, I think it was because she was giving me a ride and then she would smoke a joint with me during the ride and hand me the joint and I was smoking with her. And, and then one day she, she was from Venezuela. One day she uh, wanted to stay, sit in, sit in Pizza Hut after two in the morning and smoke weed and drink Budweiser's and eat pizza. So that's what we did at two in the morning after we were done closing up. We sat in the dark lobby there and dark dining room and smoked weed and drank beer and uh <laughs> so one day she's giving me a ride home and and i'm not the type to to bite on too quick because i'm not going i know about the hooks and I, i'm not gonna bite a hook you know but at the time i was only in my i think i was like 20 and and she uh she was giving me a ride and i didn't have anywhere to go that night i think and I was like, oh, great, I can't go there because because I had been staying with some friends at the time, I think. And uh, she said I, she couldn't go there. Or I said I couldn't go there. And she said that she said, well, do you want to go to a motel? And I'm like, she's like mm, 15 years older than me. She was like 34 years old, 35, I think. And she said, uh, do you want to go to a motel? I said, sure, real quick. Right. So I was like, yeah before I knew I was what I was getting myself into, you know, so <laughs> we go to the motel and then she gets undressed and then she wants to do it right now. Right. And, but I'm like in shock of what's going on. This is my boss, you know, and I'm just a kid more or less in my brain. And this lady that's really gorgeous and, but is also considered my boss it's coming on to me and I'm like, okay, let's do this. And I couldn't do anything. She's going, what's the matter, John? But no, you no like Gucci. And so it was a big joke, but it didn't really hurt my feelings too much, but she was not easy to work with after that. 
and that's the truth. Uh, <laughs> so I ended up leaving. I ended up getting out of there. Because um, I had already slept with the assistant manager. Or not the assistant manager. She was the assistant manager. I had slept with the shift leader in the bathroom. Yeah. At closing one night. Because she was coming on to me. I just was going for whatever chick came on to me. That's not a way to live. Believe me. If you don't come on people... It's like they're going to come on to you at that age. Um, so anyway, uh, that was after I signed that contract, and, or right about the same time. And um, I ended up, like I said, moving after I found the, the money on the sidewalk. And, of course, you heard about that in the other story. I uh, found the money on the sidewalk and ended up moving and got to Oregon or got to Washington and and uh, a bunch of crazy started happening. And yeah, so I connected it with that signing a contract, you know, and I really shouldn't have give glory to God. You know, don't don't give the devil any glory. He's a nobody and he'll pick you straight up into the air and slam you straight on your head. But you'll be up in the air for a minute feeling really great because he picked you on up and gave you what you wanted and you're on top of the world, but you got to remember you got to land. And when you come down and land, it's going to hurt. So maybe, maybe common sense should tell us that God made the devil. Why would we worship the devil? I mean, that common sense says, if God says, don't do that, don't do it. Well, to each their own, <laughs> to each their own. Um, so anyway, trying to think here uh what else i got really i had really really bad H adhd for a long long time um but nobody ever treated me for it when i started using amphetamine in washington i could actually read i was enjoying reading more yeah can you believe that i was like inquisitive i would pick up my bible more often i was reading my bible more often i was like i'm amazed I'm on drug, illegal drugs, and it helps me to read the Bible? What in the world? You see what I'm saying? <laughs> so anyway, um, so uh, of course, I'm not on any medication now except blood pressure medication, and, and I smoke marijuana for anxiety, but, but I don't smoke very much at all, believe it or not. Probably a joint a day. Smoke a little of it, put it down. Smoke a little later put it down um make sure that uh when i drive that i'm clean that it's been hours since that occurred and we even even so i only take a couple like two or three puffs enough to calm my nerves and that's it and then i wait you know there's no needing i used to get be with guys that wanted to get stoned all the time at work i'm like why do you want to get stoned and almost falling asleep you know while you're working on your on the telephone you're going to fall asleep in the air conditioning sitting on the telephone because you're so stoned. But I smoked with them because, you know, peer pressure. And then I finally one day figured out, I ah, know I'm not going to do nothing to please you anymore. None of you. No, I think not. I think not. This is my life. You enjoy yours the way you want to. I got no problem with it. Do what you want. Go use Coke, meth, heroin. I don't care. Whatever you do, it's your choice. It's, I believe in freedom of choice. Ain't no way in heck I would, if if I was the police, like, hey, are you using drugs? Wait a minute, you're using something there. Uh, you're sleeping in a tent. 
hey, buddy, maybe that guy was going to kill himself. And by using some drugs, he stopped it from happening. It's like the pharmaceutical companies or something are attached to the policing of drugs. <laughs> it's like, we're going to charge you $3,000 to get put out to have a surgery with our drugs. So don't buy drugs on the street. They could do the same thing for 20 bucks. You see, I think that's what's going on. But anyway, I know some people get concerned about drug using because some people can't handle what they're doing or, or they use their drugs and they go steal or rob or whatever. You know, I say, just leave them alone. Just leave them alone. If you want to experiment, go for it. But eventually when you get older, you're going to realize they're not for you. You'll realize that. But uh, freedom of choice, I say. And so with the Satanism, um, it didn't make sense to me. It sounded like something out of a movie. Uh, it sounded like um, that, not, no movie I could think of. But it's like things were in place, falling in place in this weird place uh, and connecting the way that it seemed that they should. When, in fact, everything was awry. I, it's kind of hard to explain. Uh, um, they called the guy, the, who's, the leader, they called him Snake. I mean, for starters, that right there don't sound right. That sounds like some kind of a goofy show, you know? That sounds like a goofy, made-up, weirdo name where somebody pretends that that's the name because they think you're so stupid that you'll go for it. His name's Snake. He's our leader. I mean, what movie was that? I'm, I'm sure there's one out there. <laughs> and you can meet us at the Topless Bar. We have meetings every weekend. I mean, what is that? And then for a little while, I thought they were following me because, I mean, I didn't, for years, didn't even think about them until I started realizing a bunch of weird stuff was happening. And then I thought, well, maybe it's my fault for signing that contract. Um, anyway, one of my ex-girlfriends found it. Found the contracts and she burned them up and, uh, or something. She got rid of them, whatever the case, they were gone. Um, and I never went to the place to, to the topless bar to, to any meetings or anything like that. I left and I went to Washington. It just happened to be about the same time. And it was her idea to go to Washington because she was telling me about how, how much better it was in Washington than it was in Tennessee. And I didn't believe her. And I, that's why I understand why a lot of people are stuck over there in those southern states that are suppressing them. I mean, you're paying people $7 an hour for what they they make 15 bucks an hour here doing the same thing for your $7 an hour. So you can get rich and they can stay poor. I, I don't like that idea. Uh, sure, the rich guy likes it because he's a rich, greedy, you know. But, uh, yeah, I don't agree with it. People did it to me all the time, man work me for little or nothing because what what have i got nothing i'm begging for a job it's like i'm in mexico <laughs> it's like i'm in i don't know guatemala or or you know somewhere where they're waiting for that boat to come in and i can get some work or something yeah and then when you finally do they know how desperate you are and they pay you peanuts because they know you're desperate and they don't ex the funny part is they don't expect you to go home and get drunk they want you to be sober and ready the next morning you want me to be sober and ready after working me for 10 hours for a $20 bill? Well, I bought you some lunch and gave you a cigarette. What? You gave me cigarettes and bought me some lunch, and now you're charging me, what, 30, 40 bucks? <laughs> what, you give me 20? Ugh. But anyway, I haven't seen a whole lot of that up in, in Washington. 
Um, I haven't seen them paying that little of money at all. So uh, kudos to Washington. Kudos to the Northwest for paying people properly uh, for the most part, uh, with the exception of one guy who didn't pay me and worked me and worked me and worked me and worked me and made me use that phone, phone, telephone, telephone until I couldn't stand the telephone anymore and make him money while he's in Vegas and not paying me. Yeah, but that's okay. That's okay. What comes around goes around. So anyway, the back to the, the weirdo stuff there. I end up, like I said, I end up in Everett, Washington. And I end up in an apartment complex with her and she get, she gets pregnant. Well, she doesn't want to be with me because she's crazy. No, <laughs> no, she doesn't want to be with me because, well, she's a hypocrite more or less. She tells me that I can't come home and drink anything or smoke pot because she's going to raise this baby right, even though she hadn't even had a baby yet. But um, I could kind of see where she was coming from. Okay. But then she wanted to move out and she tried to leave me with the uh, apartment to pay on this apartment. I didn't want it. And I knew what she was trying to do. She was trying to go to another apartment with some guy. And I'm like, no, I'm not paying for this apartment. Bye. So I left and her and her mother followed me. I told that story already. Um, and they followed me through the parking lot of the Fred Meyer. And I found a cop sitting on the side of the road, uh, unmarked and pulled somebody over and they had driven off. And, um, I asked him for a ride to a motel. I had my, my suitcase of clothes with me and, I told him, you see that car over there? It's following me. It's my ex-girlfriend and her mother. And they're, they both have multiple personality disorder and they won't leave me alone. You know, I just told them the truth. Tell them straight up what's going on so that I can move on. So I moved on. I left. He took me to a motel. I ended up going to work. Uh, this other place. Um, I quit this electrician's job I was doing over there because the guy came up to me and I'm trying to fix the the electrical joints from the other guys who are apprentices just like I was, but we're less experienced. So I'm fixing their joints and he's like, this guy's like, I'm sick of it. This guy, you got to hurry up, man. I'm sick of it. I'm like, I'm fixing their pro their mistakes, dude. Anyway, when he said he was sick of it, it just kind of angered me and the way he talked to me, I felt disrespectful. So I figured, well, you must not want me here. So I grabbed my tools and I left. Goodbye. Hey, if I'm not wanted, I leave. Except if I'm not wanted in a city or state and some jackasses want to try to run me out of the city or state. Now you can, you got another thing coming. But uh, as far as a job or wherever, if they don't want me there, hey, I'm not going to be there. I don't want to live with nobody that doesn't want me living around them. I'm not going to work with anybody that doesn't want me to work around them. I feel like you should have the opportunity to upset yourself because I'm not going to do it. I don't want to be around you if you're negative. I try to stay positive, you know, negative things happen all through my life, but I stay positive. And then at the end of the night, I'm fine. I'm just fine. Um, I still have this puzzle to figure out one day and I don't really even have to think about it anymore. It just comes to me a little at a time, a little bit at a time. Um, someone was trying to play games with me before I even left Memphis. So I'm assuming they must've followed me up here somehow or something. Because, yeah, it all fits into place. But uh, I, I just uh, don't understand the whole Satanism thing. I mean, how you can believe in the devil and not believe in God. 
you, I mean, <laughs> I don't get that. But uh, so all these things started happening to me. I got all this people were giving me money, and yeah, people will be real nice to you if you're a Satanist and you're, and uh, they think that they got a chance of you being part of their group and becoming a Satanist with them. It's like they want you to fall with them. It's like falling off a cliff and they're grabbing your leg to not to hold themselves up, but they want you to come with them because they're not going alone. You know, so it almost felt like kind of, but um, there was no Satanist chasing me. I'm sure of that. Um, yeah, they've got more selfish things to do than chase me. I'm sure. Uh, but I still haven't figured out who or why, even though people told me it was my family. My family continues to tell me that no one, no, nobody in the family has no idea what I'm talking about. But then at the same time, they won't even uh, converse with me about it. So, you know, it's like me, Jesus, and my old lady. <laughs> That's all there is because nobody else wants to hear anything. Nobody else really wants to be part of anything in my personal life, which is fine. I want to keep it that way. Um, I want to keep it to where, you know, it's simple. I don't want to hang out with people who get me in trouble or, or want to put me in positions where I have to fight or, and you know, people do that. You go hanging out with people. There's too many bad people out there just to go doing it because you don't know who you're going to be mixed up with. You don't know what you're going to get caught up in. You could be in the wrong place at the wrong time. And that really, really, really happens. You could be in the wrong place at the wrong time and your life can be through done just that quick. You were in the wrong place at the wrong time. Yeah. But don't pray to Satan about it. Pray to God, pray to Jesus. I used to be ashamed to say Jesus. Now I got no problem saying Jesus. Uh, I think I was ashamed for a little while because when I was a kid, I let this guy beat me up. Um, I was uh, 10 years old. And I could have beat the guy maybe because I had already beat one guy up who came to my house and made me hit him. Um, so I figured I could have beat this guy up too, but it was like this thing where everybody was looking at me and they wanted to fight me. I'm like, why do you want to fight me? I'm just, I'm minding my own business, <laughs> but I seem to be a target. Uh, so I let this one guy beat me. I was on the ground and he just hit me a few times. He broke my nose. Uh, my nose has been broken since I was a kid, since 10 years old. Broke my nose. Uh, of course, I didn't go to the doctor because we never went to the doctor for anything. Um, and uh, I was thinking while he was hitting me, what my grandmother had said about turning the other cheek in the Bible about Jesus. And then that's what I used. And and so I got the other cheek turned for me by his fist. But anyway, um, after, after that, I started thinking in my older years. I'm like, okay, I don't want to change. But at the same time, when someone, when you turn the other cheek, and I'm not looking for a loophole here, but he didn't say continue to turn the other cheek. He didn't say keep turning your cheek over and over. That's kind of like giving you a chance, turning the other cheek. They're giving you a chance. If you don't take that chance, then hey, it might be just on you. But um, so uh, a lot of the the life I grew up, I guess, was around Satan. My my stepfather being a cross-dresser and, and having the big things laying around the house anyway. Um, and silk things laying around his chair and behind, weird stuff behind his chair and his recliner. 
Uh, but uh, the magazines, oh my golly, I think my life changed when I went into his uh, bathroom cabinet. I started looking at those magazines. I think when I opened it up and looked, it like traumatized me for at least for that moment. I was traumatized. Um, and of course, he always told me he hated me and all that. So, yeah, I was kind of living around Satan. And every now and then I'd get to go to my grandma's and I felt free. I felt free, clear of it. But it's like when I started running away from him, I ended up in the hands of people just like him. Just the same, but they were wearing badges and suits, you know, uniforms. Um, I was, and so I started thinking, maybe I guess I am the bad guy here. I'm the bad guy. I must be because all these people are acting the same, and I'm acting like nonviolent and all that. But these people are manly men, you know, police and cabinet workers and lumberjacks, and you know, they're manly men, and they. They're abusive. I guess that's the way it's supposed to be. But so anyway, when I finally was able to get away for good, when I became old enough that they would leave me alone for running away, um, I was able to think my way instead of the way that they wanted me to think, which was this violent, eerie, Satanist way. <laughs> I don't know how else to say that. Uh, but uh, when I finally realized that there was a, uh, that Satan was absolutely real, that things really do happen when you're playing around with Satan or black magic or, you know, when I found that out, it just hit me in the head. Like, why on earth would you go for the bad guy instead of going for the good guy who created the bad guy before he was bad? I mean, that doesn't make any sense. Common sense says no. Why would you? I mean, you know in your heart if you're doing something evil. You know it. You know in your heart. If you've been evil to someone, you know it. Someone that was dying talked to me on the phone just before they died. And this was a Christian person. This Christian person told me, a devout Christian. I asked them about the things that were happening with me. And you know what they said to me? They said, you, uh, I, I said something about the Bible and and they said something along the lines of, yeah, well, I'm not so sure if I'm going to heaven anymore. Why would you say that to me? You know, and I couldn't get an answer. And they wouldn't answer me about the questions about stalking me and playing games with me. They wouldn't even, they didn't want to entertain the subject at all. And then they told me this, that they weren't sure if they were going to heaven or not. Now, I'd known this person to be a Christian for a very long time. Extremely so. Not a... Not one of those things you see on TV, this disciplinary Christian thing. You know, no, none of that garbage. No, a good, loving, wholesome Christian person tells me this when they're not answering my questions. And I'm like thinking to myself, why don't you just tell me? Why don't you just tell me what you're trying to say? What are you keeping a secret from me for? You know, why do you think you're going to go to hell? And then they just got off the subject. <laughs> So anyway, they passed away. God rest their soul. And um, uh, that Satanism thing, you better pray. If you're into that kind of thing, you better pray your way out because he's going to slam you. He's going to hurt you. Yeah. That black magic and, and witches and all that garbage. Yeah. You're going to get hurt. 
um, you're going to get hurt on earth and elsewhere. So you may want to get away from that sort of thing. Um, it was, uh, it was crazy though, how quickly everything started happening after I signed that contract. It was, that didn't even make any sense. And it happened so quick that I knew that that was what I was attributing it to. I knew that that's why, because I had signed this contract. I knew that that's why my life had just changed all of a sudden. My life changes all of a sudden. I mean, um, I, it was crazy. Um, I saw things that, that you, I can't even say because I can't even just go into the description on some of the things I saw that would be offending. But uh, one day I'm going to figure out how to tell you some of the things I've been through that were that you might find offending. <laughs> I'm going to figure out a way to tell you. But anyway, um, Satanism is no good. Um, it's real. It is real. And uh, so are demons. <sighs> hey, I wish it was like what you guys believe about, or some of these people believe about Scientology, about uh, not being a God. And how could a God do this to you or that to you? Hey, you know what? This is part of uh, your conditioning. That's all I'm going to say. It's part of your conditioning. And you'll know if you ever make it that far that the conditioning was for a reason. But if you don't know, then you're just basically not being conditioned for anything. And you're going to, in my opinion, the worst place you could ever go. I'm pretty sure that we don't just disappear and that's it. Or we go to sleep forever and just long eternity sleep. Yeah, that sounds fine, but uh, that's not what's going to happen. Oh, boy. Anyway, let me think of something that's uh, entertaining, and I'll be back with you. Um, I enjoy you guys listening. Thank you very much. It, it's nice to know that somebody continued to listen after 70-some-odd podcasts. Uh <laughs> I, uh, I didn't really expect anybody to want to hear about it because my family doesn't want to hear anything. Can't talk to them. Um, I don't have any friends because they're, you know, a lot of them like to play games. They're backstabbers. And they're not friends. So I, I kind of don't have friends. Uh, um, like I said, I've been, li I've lived places where people are trying to get me to, to talk about them or whatever it is that they do. And I'm not going to do that. I'm not going to do it, buddy. Hang it up. I talk about you, you won't know I'm talking about you. How about that? Anyway, I wish uh, we could all be real. I wish that we could all just get along and and uh, that we could all be on one side and and not so separated. But it seems that we're all separated by religion, by race, by hatred, fear. We're all a bunch of little bitty subdivisions, I guess. Anyway, um, thanks for listening. And uh, when I come back on, I'm going to have something you're really going to like because I've actually got someone who has contacted me, who was a member, who was paid to mob people in grocery stores, paid to mob me. She was paid to drive in front of me and hit her brakes constantly. She was paid to stop at green lights in front of other people. She's paid to do these things. And it's from a lieutenant. I don't know what that means. Uh, she was paid by somebody they called the lieutenant. I don't know what that is. Uh, 
you know, there's lieutenants and all sorts of things. It doesn't mean anything in particular, but yeah. So I, I'm going to try to have this interview with this person as soon as I can, but that would be really interesting. She was actually part of it and she doesn't want me to say her name because uh, she has signed a contract doing this. Yeah. Can you believe that? It's crazy. Yeah. You're going to love the next segment. Have a great day. Uh, stay away from Satan. Try not to be evil. God bless you guys.